0: Listening to Pet Fluff with Katie Mara, a lifestyle podcast that features various topics, current events, tips and advice, and the occasional guest that not only benefits you but also your pet. So come and join me and take a listen as I am your host, Katie Mara. Hey guys, what's going on? Welcome to episode four, season two, and I am your host, Katie Mara. Today, I have my co-host, Herbert. He's back again.
1: Hey, guys. Welcome to the show. It's going to be super exciting, and I am privileged to be here once again next to the great Katie Mara.
0: (laughs) Well, today, we have an interesting topic to talk about in all the fluff. We are talking about importation and deportation of animals and pets, primarily dogs. And Coming across this topic, Herbert and I were talking about this, and we found some interesting information that included-
1: Some trafficking.
0: Trafficking, which is very interesting. But before we get into all the fluff, we are going to start with Here's the Scooper. Here's the Scooper, where a captivating current event can spark a conversation or a feel-good story that makes your heart smile. And best of all, it's all about the animals. So I found an article from NPR that reports researchers finding a stunning rate of COVID among deer. Between October and December of 2021, researchers swabbed the noses of 93 dead deer in Pennsylvania. One-fifth of the population swabbed tested positive for COVID. COVID. This result is a part of a soon-to-be-published study which shows the latest evidence for COVID spillover from humans to white-tailed deer. This also proves the contraction of new mutations. What's alarming is one case shows the virus spilled back from the deer into a human, and that is a first. These findings are raising new concerns over the virus's unpredictability of spillover effects to humans. The good news is that these deer did not die of COVID, as they showed no symptoms. Rather, they passed from oncoming traffic or were hunted. Most of the deer that tested positive had the alpha strand, which has mostly disappeared among the human population. How the deer contracted the virus is unknown, but speculation of human interaction feeding the deer or exposed to sewage and wastewater are some of the possible causes. Researchers also speculate the deer contracted the virus from a host species, such as feral cats, deer mice, or minks. Like humans, it spread through the deer population, most likely through nose touches, a common greeting gesture among deer. Researchers still say transmission from animal to human is very low, and not to be too concerned. Keep a safe distance, from wild animals as we would if they carried rabies, get vaccinated, and if handling these animals, use the proper sanitation practices afterwards to ensure protection. So now we're going to get into our next segment, All the Fluff.
1: All the
0: Fluff where discussions happen and information is absorbed to help aid you and your pet.
1: So we decided to do some research on trafficking of dogs in and out of the United States. And I had the opportunity to do some real deep research by contacting the CDC. Here's what we found. Can dogs be deported? Do they require paperwork? How do they get to the United States anyway? We decided to take a closer look. All dogs coming into the United States are required to be healthy, and they must be at least four months old to be properly immunized against dog rabies, which has been eradicated from the United States since 2007. Further, USDA requires puppies to be healthy and at least six months old if imported for resale, to help prevent the foreign fraudulent importation of sick and underage dogs. If dogs don't meet the CDC's or USDA's importation requirements, they may be deported back to their countries of origin. The USDA's Animal and Plant Health Inspection Service oversees animal welfare pertaining to the shipment of puppies. Shipping puppies in crates as cargo has its risks. Since Operation Dog Catcher started in JFK Airport, seven illegally imported underage puppies arrived dead in the United States. At higher risk for death are the popular French and English Bulldog breeds. Their smushed noses make it harder to breathe normally. Airlines in the United States have started banning these breeds from their flights, as do most airlines in Europe and Australia. In stressful cramped conditions, They are especially prone to the heat strokes and respiratory distress. No matter how importers falsify puppies' ages on paper, their true age can be determined by examining their teeth. The motives behind illegal puppy importation seems to be big business, driven by profit at the expense of the health and welfare of the underage puppies. Many dogs are bred irresponsibly in puppy mills overseas. The risk of congenial abnormalities and disease is high. Importers fly them as cargo in large batches, claiming them as rescue dogs, valued at $0 on their paperwork, allowing these importers to evade entry and broker fees. International importers cheaply breed or board high-demand types of puppies in the United States, such as French and English Bulldogs and other small breeds like Yorkshire Terriers and Chihuahuas. They are then sold to unsuspecting families as well-bred American-born puppies at a cost of $3,000 to $5,000 each. The potential profit is exponential. Another ruse is to recruit a flight parent, offering travelers a free flight in exchange for claiming the dogs as their own on their flight to the United States. The importers tell the unsuspecting flight parent they are helping to transport rescue dogs to meet their adoptive owners at the airport. They then give a description of the new families or transporters in a meeting point at the airport to make the exchange. The transaction between the flight parent and the puppy's new family leaves no paper trail. The first U.S. port to recognize the rise in puppy importations was Miami International Airport. The airport developed a strike team to bust illegal importers now that operation dog catcher is streamlined nationwide illegal importers are beginning to feel the effects and large shipments containing 20 to 40 dogs have slowed but the underage puppies still keep coming as of july 2021 the center for disease control issued a suspension on allowing dogs up for adoption to be shipped to the united states and that includes more than 113 countries this complete transcript can be found on the CDC's website. Sounds from com. Herbert Stone Prince, CRC Investigative Reports.
0: Wow, that was a really... Can I just give you props for an in-depth reporting for the CDC?
1: It was, it was really good. Well, yeah, I think you expect that type of turnout for your show. So I wanted to make sure that the was happy with the information <laughs> that was found.
0: And it's it's kind of sad that you know people are being tricked into essentially smuggling dogs into this country, not even knowing and being a part of a whole
1: trafficking ring. Right And that, that's, that's the specifics on the flight parents the people that are not aware that they're being part of a black market industry. And then also the domestic corruption connected to the improper breeding of animals in the United States. And then they're sold to families here in the United States as purebred animals. So those are two things that I was able to find out. And it's startling to, to know that these types of things
0: are happening. I mean, are these smugglers even prosecuted?
1: If they're caught uh, at the airport, If they are, um, I guess, found in the act of it, or there's some type of tips, prosecution can take place. But there are other trafficking priorities that, unfortunately, come before animals. Right. When it comes to that,
0: probably industry narcotics and drugs and human human trafficking.
1: trafficking. Yeah, that's going to take be precedence. Yeah, precedence be a predecessor to. The puppies.
0: Yeah, that's such a shame. And I mean, do we even know what happens to the animals when they get deported and go back to their respective countries?
1: So we don't know specifically what happens to the animals once they are here in the United States, checked and then sent back to their country. Um, but one of the reasons that it's important to know where they're, uh, gonna going to eventually end up is because in certain countries they're used as food, right, and so the whole reason for having rescue dogs is to rescue them from hot spots across the world so that they can have a chance at a a proper life of care and love
0: right right, and that's you know i I know that you know certain countries they have the whole dog food festival and eat, they eat the dogs which is as
1: well as the uh, abusive animals right which is a a issue as well so it, that industry of getting the animals here the good people out there that are doing the right thing it does give animals a better chance at life it's just the profit margin is what drives the desire
0: right and i guess it depends on the breed you know you mentioned french bulldogs which i know frenchies are Such a sought out breed of dog and Yorkies. Yorkies. yeah. So they
1: go through cycles right now in 2022, it's French bulldogs as well as Yorkies. Um, A few years ago, it was pit bull terriers once they were able to somewhat move out of the stigma as violent fighting dogs. Okay. You're seeing an increase of pit bull terriers in people's homes uh, and their reputation is almost completely changed from what it was maybe 10, 15 years ago.
0: Right. Wow. That's awesome. I mean, well, it's not awesome, but you know, it is, it's good. It's awesome in the fact that there are people that are trying to rescue animals from other countries into this country. And I know uh, the UK also has similar programs as well. So, but I mean, getting to the actual deportation importation, do you know of what, vaccines are required. So the main
1: vaccine that has to be on their vaccination records is rabies. That's the number one vaccine that has to be in their records. They also have to have uh, uh, information about where they're traveling from. So there are specific zones in countries around the world that are on the airports, hot hot spot city um, listing if they come from there, they have to be fully vaccinated and they have to have paperwork of origin of where they come from. Um, Some of the diseases can be transferred to other animals. uh, And in rare cases, it can be transferred to other humans. So it's the center of disease controls policy that they have both types of paperwork to enter the United States. Yeah, If they don't, then they are rejected and deported back to the country of origin.
0: Yeah, that would make sense because you don't want animals coming into this country, bringing wild diseases that we're not, you know, accustomed Originally to. Here. And then, you know, it's kind of how COVID spread through this country. Similar. We're not, you know, we weren't exposed to it prior. Um, But, you know, it's, it's, it's such an interesting process. And I mean, Do you know what kind, I mean, do you know what kind of pets? I mean, I know we were talking about dogs, but do you know what kind of other pets that are not allowed in this country? I mean, I would assume wild animals. The
1: the exotic animals that are not originally from this particular territory, the North American territory, um, the evasiveness, it's the disease, the evasiveness based on their activity as just being the animal that they are, the uh, eating habits, um, their stools, um, how that breaks down, uh, and then whether there's food available that they are used to eating. If they don't, as as animals, they will adjust and seek other forms of prey, which could also affect other habitats in other animals. Right. Right. So there are checks for that, but it's not to say that there aren't exact exotic animals that are brought here that should not be here, and it's just they don't have enough manpower. I am saying they, the airports and the CDC, to really be on top of it on a day to day basis.
0: Yeah, it would be interesting to know someone who's actually in the industry and just know like that particular, you know, field of you know, airport. I mean, I guess it's through TSA, but it would be interesting that to know someone that actually deals with the animals importing and exporting the country. It's it's a very interesting process. Like people, we don't think about that, you know, well, on CDC a day to day. does
1: have a task force. They have they Operation do. Dog Catcher. Uh, and then they also have these quarantine stations at 18 airports around the country that do the checking of their records, both of the records that are needed to be imported to the United States. But again, because there is a strong restriction and then such a high demand on the customer side is what makes it a, uh, a trade that can easily become an illegal transaction. Right. Because the desire is so strong for the American customer. And then the restrictions are pretty pretty anal.
0: Yeah. Because I know I did a previous episode about how uh, more so exotic animals were smuggled into this country. I mean, right. some of the ways that they bring in these animals are just completely inhumane. inhumane. And yeah. then half of them die on the way over from parrots being stuffed into you know, poster containers,
1: you know, the tubes to And and as in the report I did, the flat nosed dogs that are in right. really tight crates, they're not able to breathe. Most of them that are imported here are already dead before they get here.
0: Yeah. I mean I do know of uh I further research that I've done, uh they have specific country uh companies, excuse me, of uh they uh specialize in bringing animals to and from countries so all they do is import and export pets uh when you have to be relocated to different countries so there's several companies that provide those yeah that provide those services and i know it's they do a lot of vetting and they have to ensure that the animals are you know primarily you know dogs and cats uh that they're safe on these planes, and I don't you know I did read that there's one company that actually has their own flight, you know they have their own planes that they transport pet, pet. yeah because you know you most of the time the dogs uh you know if they're you know small dogs, you could probably c- carry under your seat, but you know the average sized dog can't fit under. A plane seat, so they're actually stored under the plane. Sure, and so then that's another liability of animals being overheated or it's too cold, and then you know there's just terrible stories about that. But they they would need
1: ventilation up to code, right right. through the FAA. Yeah,
0: on top of the anxiety that they experience. Absolutely. On on top of that, they
1: don't like sedating animals either for long periods of time either. It's just not safe. Yeah, or humane.
0: Yeah, so I guess since COVID, I do the animals go through? I guess you you taught you touched upon co- the quarantine There's process. A,
1: so eighteen airports around the United States have quarantine stations. Okay. And at those stations, the animals are tested for specific diseases. If they pass, based on those testings, they can uh, move about the country. They can, oh, nice. If they fail, they are. Most likely, in most cases, deported back to their country of origin.
0: (laughs) Interesting, and then you know, I guess it depends on what country they come from and their regulations. And right, and then the safety
1: and whereabouts of those animals is is uncertain.
0: Is uncertain, and it yeah, again, it depends on the country and what their regulations are.
1: Yeah, again, it's the demand and the desire of the American customer that's driving the the illegal industry. And I will say half of them don't know. Well, they probably know. more than half. They don't know how the animals get here. You think um, your
0: you think your dog is coming from a reputable breeder when in reality it's actually coming from overseas, and then you wonder why your dog that you've you know the purebred dog that you have received has all these illnesses or
1: improper breeding domestically right. in the United States, right? And that's and a then whole the other topic. Is yeah. sold as a purebred dog. Uh, or animal. So not enough people are going to do the genealogy of their animal uh, once they've received them. Right. They're not going to do like the dog version of 23andMe. Right. They're not going to do that. They just assume it. And then uh, you just get what you get. Uh, The average person just doesn't know.
0: Right. Cool. So we're going to go on to pet fluff feature of the week. And yeah. Well, it's time for my favorite segment, which is the feature pet of the episode. This is where I showcase a local DMV pet that is in need of a forever home. So, let me help you find your forever pet. So this week we are showcasing Swiffer, a three-year-old kitty that has been rescued from Afghanistan. Let's first learn a little bit more about Four Paws. Four Paws Rescue Team is a non community-based, all-volunteer organization that takes in neglected, abandoned, abused, and unwanted cats and kittens. Cats rescued by Four Paws receive vaccines and appropriate veterinary care before being adopted into permanent, loving homes. An animal rescued by Four Paws will never be euthanized except out of medical necessity. Four Paws worked with KSAR, which is Kabul Small Animal Rescue, to have Swiffer and nine other cats relocate to the U.S., which is actually interesting because our topic is about importation, deportation of pets. So this is actually a rescue that rescues animals from Kabul to the United States. And so the cats were housed and cared for at the U.S. Embassy in Kabul for the past eight months prior to their U.S. arrival. They had a long journey from Kabul to Canada and then to their final destination to the U.S. Swiffer was born at the U.S. Embassy in Kabul and was part of the litter of four kittens. His three litter mates were adopted together, but he was left behind due to no fault of his own. He was currently seeking a foster or adoptive home, He would be fine in a single cat home or in a home with other cats. They think that he would be best in a home fit without dogs or young children because he tends to swat when he gets overstimulated. So he's had a tough journey to get here, but he deserves a good home with a patient caregiver. If you are interested in adopting Swiffer, all of his information will be listed in our link tree under Swiffer and on our Instagram page, which is at CRCPetService. guys it is the end of our episode thank you so much herbert for sharing all of this information regarding import and exportation of animals into this country and the whole black market thing right
1: thank (laughs) you so much for opportunity i love coming on the show and contributing this is an amazing platform thank you
0: I know we've been away for a little while but we're back and we're going to get into regular episodes Uh, keep following us on uh, our Instagram which is at CRC Pet Service that's where you can see our daytime business which is our pet sitting company as well as uh, you know updates with the podcast Um, we have a link tree page so you just click on our bio and then you can see all the links that are attached to this podcast as well as any you know things regarding our uh business right and um
1: i think that's it yeah i think that's See it you guys next time
0: <laughs> well we're gonna try to have more uh more episodes in the in the next few weeks so stay tuned and we'll have uh, constant updates on our instagram as always and in case you have forgotten today you matter you are loved you are worthy and you are magical Bye, guys. Uh, okay.